One had got to be something. That was obvious. But what? It seemed that women, having been surplus for twenty years, were suddenly wanted in a hundred different places at once. You couldn't open a newspaper without being told that you were wanted in the army, the navy, or the air force. Factory wheels would stop turning unless you rushed into overalls at once. The AFS could quench no fires without you. Every hoarding beckoned you, and even Marble Arch badgered you about ARP. The suffragettes could have saved themselves a lot of trouble if they had seen this coming. Men's jobs were open to women, and trousers were selling like hotcakes in Kensington High Street. I could not make up my mind what to be. A lot of fanatics rushed into the most uncongenial jobs they could find, stimulated by a glow of self-sacrifice that lasted until the novelty wore off or the cold weather set in. But it seemed to me that, provided that it was just as useful, it was no less patriotic to do something enjoyable. At first sight, the choice seemed so enormous that the trouble was to decide what not to be. But a closer inspection revealed so many snags that, in the end, the trouble was to find something to which I had a hope of sticking. The services? I didn't think my hips would stand the cut of the skirt, and I wasn't too sure about my legs in wool stockings. Besides, I've never been much good at drilling and all that. My school reports used to say, "Not amenable to discipline, too fond of organizing," which was only a kind way of saying bossy. I might have been a success as a general. But not as a private. The AFS? I did try that for a while, but at the beginning of the war there was not much doing, and I got discouraged with sitting all day in the back room of a police station, knitting and eating sticky buns with six assorted women and a man with a wooden leg. At the end of a week, we all knew each other's life histories, including that of the wooden leg's uncle who lived at Selsey and had to be careful of his diet. Messenger Dickens had once been down to Roehampton to fetch the commandant's handbag and a small tube of soda mints from the shelf in her bathroom. A bus conductress? The idea appealed, but what about the question of flustered old ladies up for a day's shopping and an egg mayonnaise tea on the fourth floor? Anyway, although money is lovely to handle, they say that everything you eat afterwards tastes of coppers. The WVS? I once accompanied six evacuees down to Exeter. Never again. They punctuated their questions with a piercing "a" or "what say." One of them had impetigo, and when we arrived, they all wanted to go straight back to Dalston East. I worked in a canteen for a while, but had to leave after a terrible row with Mrs. Templeton Douglas, who could never subtract one and ninepence from half a crown. I sold some of her jam tarts for a penny instead of tuppence, thinking they were the throwouts we had bought at the back door of the ABG. The Land Army. One saw oneself picking apples in a shady hat, or silhouetted against the skyline with a couple of plough horses, but a second look showed one tugging mangle wurzels out of the frozen ground at five o'clock on a bitter February morning. Ministries and bureau, apart from the question of my hips again, sitting is so spreading. They didn't seem to want me. Perhaps it was because I can only type with three fingers, and it always keeps coming red. The censor's office I knew was in Liverpool. And I'd been there once. Nursing, the idea had always attracted me, even in peacetime. But I suppose every girl goes through that. It's one of those adolescent phases, like wanting to be a nun. It was reading Farewell to Arms, I think, that finally decided me. Though what sort of hospital allowed such goings on, I can't imagine. However, that was the last war. Then I saw Madeline Carroll in Vigil in the Night, and that settled it. 
I was going to be a nurse in a pure white halo cap and glide swiftly about the oxygen cylinders and, if necessary, give my life for a patient and have my name on a bronze plaque in the hospital corridor. I wasn't going to be a VAD either. I was going to start training and be a real probationer. I had heard that the VADs never get beyond the charring stage, and that however long they work in hospital, it doesn't count as any training if they want a nursing job after the war. We were being tactfully prepared at the moment for a long war, and I thought I might at least emerge from it with some letters after my name and an enamel badge on my bosom, provided, of course, that I could pass the exams, but having had all my meals for a month with a trained nurse when my sister was having a baby, I didn't see that they could be so difficult if conversation was any guide to intellect. Once the idea had taken root in my brain, it flourished there. The more I thought about it, the more certain I was that this was the one thing I really wanted to do.